are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Well, this is message 13 on the subject of grace, and I was planning on closing it this week. I promise you, next Sunday will be the last one. Did I turn this on, fellas? Okay. And so if you'll turn your Bibles, I want you to go back to Genesis. We'll just stay there a moment as we begin today. And uh, I'm speaking on uh, Sunday nights on the journey of life, and I borrow that thought somewhat for grace for the journey today. This thing called life, and by the way, if we preach together to help this morning a little bit, nod once in a while or snore or do something, but this thing called life is a wonderful, wonderful experience. We used to sing in church many years ago, it's a wonderful, wonderful life. Well, you know the Lord above, it's a wonderful life. I'm glad I'm a Christian. I'm trusting the Lord. I'm reading my Bible, believing each word. My past is forgiven. From sin, I'm set free. A mansion in heaven is waiting for me. I feel sorry for the world today. The beach, the mountains, the oceans, the lakes, the rivers, the fishing that cannot compare with being at the house of God. I've been at the house of God my whole life. Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night. I was walking down the street to the bus meeting yesterday thinking, I've never gotten over it. I'm glad I still go to bus meeting. It, it's a blessing for me. I'm glad I get to still come to Wednesday night, Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, tithe. I'm glad God's been so good to me. And I don't want to throw in the towel now on anything. I hope that you'll learn to love the things of God. One of the series on grace, and grace is undeserved favor. I don't deserve grace. Grace, someone did the acrostic years ago, G-R-A-C-E, God's riches at Christ's expense. God reached down and saved my sorry soul. Oh, so many years ago, about 15 minutes from here in a little, little building with no electricity and lanterns glowing that night. And I'll never forget that night when God reached down and I, I knew I was a sinner. I knew I'd lied to my parents. I knew I'd done wrong to my, I knew I was upset with my sisters a lot of times. I, I knew that I, I wasn't a good person, but I knew that he was a good person. And Jesus said, there's none that doeth good. I qualified for that. That night that I got saved on a Sunday night, oh, God reached down and he gave me mercy and gave me grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's the gift of God, not of works lest any man should boast. Are you saved? I mean, are you really, do you know that you know that if you died today, you'd go to heaven? Do you know that? Someone, I don't know, I don't know who the man is. Someone told me about the news this morning that a billionaire's um, uh, uh, helicopter went down and he's saying, you know, Brother Jim, we were talking, he goes, uh, there's no warning. Just went down, he's dead, he's gone. No last, last prayer to say, God save me. I hope you're saved. I don't even know who the man is. But it's a point on the man wants to die after this judgment. I do know a young 27-year-old boy for the Los Angeles um, Angels 
uh, died this past week on the road while I was out playing ball. I don't know if he's a Christian or not. I know his dear friend on that baseball team is a Christian. I hope he was able to win him to Christ. Here he has a wife and she's, I, I look every day on my phone, I, I chart the police officers in America and I see that this one in Texas was killed yesterday, a police officer, and Racine, Wisconsin, one was killed. And I saw this week that one was killed in, uh, in, uh, in uh, uh, New York this week. And I see every day, I see, and it says uh, behind, left behind uh, two kids, left behind a wife and two kids, uh, left behind mother and dad. These young boys are giving their lives and the young ladies for us. And I, I think, are, are you saved? Do they know Christ is Savior? If you're not saved, you're not going to heaven. For by grace are you saved, delivered, rescued from death through Jesus Christ, not through the church. Tonight, today, uh, I, I, this message was born in my heart from this psalm book before week one. This is our 13th message. I promise you on anniversary Sunday, I'll close it out next week. I have more messages I like to preach. I think I've preached enough on grace. But in your psalm book, you don't need to turn there. Page 203, all of grace is my story all the way. Here it is, from earth to glory. New grace when it's my time to go. I want to talk to you about this journey of life from earth to glory and how that we experience the grace of God. Do you know here in Genesis chapter three, God had to make coats of skin. God took animal and shed the blood of animals and then clothed them with the skin of those. That's grace right there. Chapter three, verse 15. Prior to this, it speaks about how Jesus would come. That's grace. In the beginning of the Bible, in the beginning of the book, in the beginning of mankind, God is expressing grace. But may I take you all the way to the end of the book? Would you go with me all the way to the end of the book? As far as the end of the book as you can get. That's chapter 22. And all the way to the end of the chapter, all the way to the end, Genesis, Revelation 22, I wonder if you could read with me these last 12 words that God gives us as he closes the book of Revelation, he closes the Bible for us, that which he gave and gave to man and man penned it and it's been given by inspiration of God and the last 12 words, verse 21, let's read it together like it means something else. Ready, begin. The grace of our Lord. And it closes out, it goes, I wanna remind you, I started you off of this journey in chapter number three, verse 15. In chapter number three, verse 20 and verse 21, I, I began you man by the subject of grace and now I'm taking you to the very end and all the way from Genesis, all the way to Revelation, all the way from earth to glory. It's a grace ride. Oh, I think of grace today, beginning and end from the garden to the gates of the city. I think of how that from the first man, Adam, to the last man, Jesus Christ, as he's called the book of First Corinthians, he is the man, the last man, from earth to heaven, from hell bound 
to heaven bound, Genesis to Revelation, from a sinner to a saint, all of grace. Grace, we've been looking at the subject, grace being called favor. We've seen how God favors us through the journey. All these, it's in your bulletin, all these messages on grace. That God can, God can give joy, the world cannot give joy. They can give laughter, they can give happiness, they can give fun, they can be enjoyment, but they cannot give joy. The joy that comes from within, access, it comes from God's grace. Joy comes from, and then I think about when you go through trials, he'll strengthen you, for his grace is sufficient. His grace, I have the privilege on this journey from Genesis to Revelation to come boldly to the throne of grace, to find mercy and help and grace in the time of need. It's a life of grace. And the sooner God's people realize it, God's blessed us. He's bestowed so much grace. The entire Bible is a demonstration of grace. May I remind you that Daniel was at age 90 in a den of lions, and in Daniel experienced grace. What happened? God's favor looked down, and he saw this preacher of righteousness who as a teenager was taken from his home and taken to Babylon. And all those years he was there in his teens, in his 20s, in his 30s, in his 40s, and now he's 90 years of age. 75 years later from when he was taken from his parents, never allowed to go back home, and they throw him in a den of lions. But God's grace said, hey, lions, close your mouths tonight. There he was, and the next morning the king hastened to come to see, and there was Daniel, and they brought him up out of that den of lions, and they threw the others down in, and they began to gnaw, uh, gnaw on them and destroy their lives. That was grace. It was grace when Esther, who was a Jew, and she was brought into the court, made queen, and then she found out that her people were gonna be slaughtered and Mordecai came to her and said, you're gonna be slaughtered and your people are gonna be slaughtered. Don't think that position of being queen is anything because you're gonna, you're gonna see all of a sudden and Haman built the gallows and is gonna hang Mordecai on it. But God's grace intervened and God's grace, Mordecai was set free and Haman died on the gallows that he created for someone else. That's what you call the favor of God, the grace of God. I'd like your homework assignment to be, if you would, this week, to think about the grace of God. The very fact that every, every second my heart is beating. I, I think of how that heart beats and how my blood, blood pumps and how that it circulates through my body. And I think of my white corpuscles and the red corpuscles. I think about my joints and my elbows and my bones and all that God has done. I think how that God, I pray all the time, Lord, please keep my mind alert. Please, God, don't allow my mind to be uh, to, to, to waver that I cannot remember as the older I get in life. God, please protect my mind. I had someone in the church said, Pastor, my biggest prayer request for you is that God will allow you to have a good, clear mind to the day that God takes you home. I appreciate that person. God's given me a great mind still to this day. I'm so glad I'm here at First Presbyterian Church and I'm, uh, where am I? North Valley Baptist Church, I knew it was one of those. I'm glad God's given me a clear mind to this point. Amen. I want you to know it's all of grace. 
Those Israelites wandered for 40 years and their shoes did not wear out and there was bread and there was water. God provided, that's called grace. The favor of God on those Jews. I think about the fact that David, he committed adultery with Bathsheba and he was in sorrow and he said, God against thee and thee only have a sin and done this iniquity in my in thine eyes. He said, oh God, restore to me the joy of my salvation. And God gave him another opportunity. That's called grace. Abraham lied. And yet God extended grace and gave him a great ministry after his lie. Some of you spend your life from a failure of uh, fornication or adultery or drugs or drink or lying or imprisonment, but God still can extend grace. Man was speaking at prayer meeting last night and really how that grace of God has been so good. And after all these years, his brother called him from jail. He said, I wish things had been different. He's requesting prayer. I'm thankful we can pray for him. That's the grace of God. That's the grace of God. That God reached down and touched his heart in a jail cell in another state. Said, call your brother. Call your brother. He's, that's the grace of God. The very fact that we live and will die through life journey. Jeremiah, he, he got to the point and he said, I quit the ministry. I'm not going to preach anymore. Oh, the grace of God said, Jeremiah, I still need you. Jacob experienced the grace of God when he stole the birthright, but he still experienced the grace of God. Today, I want you to turn quickly, if you will, with me to the book of Luke in chapter 15. In Luke in chapter 15, we see grace that is tremendously extended with this prodigal son. I guess when you sit at the same church these 44 years now, I have such great with you joys. I have such great sorrows. Great joys of those by the hundreds and thousands that have gone on to live for God. And great sorrows for those that we call the prodigal son or the prodigal daughter. I want you to know that if it's your son or your daughter and whatever predicament they get themselves in, I'll still be their pastor. I'll love them. I've had to have some introduce themselves. I cannot see, recognize even who they are after a life of sin. But there are people. And as a pastor, I want to always extend grace, oh, but for the grace of God. And here's two boys, two dad, two boys raised in with their dad in a good home. And the one son comes to his dad and he said, verse 12, Father, give me the portion of goods that followed to me. And he divided them unto his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there he wasted his substance with riotous living. I can, I can follow a person and talk to a person. And I can think of how many times I, I, I've even said, son, you're wasting your life. 
Dear young lady, you're wasting your life. You have such more to offer. Life is not about drink. It's not about liquor. It's not about the fast lane. It's not about laying out at God's house. Life is more than that. You young couples, you please listen to me. Don't get trapped by this thing. I've got to be doing all these fun things. Get to God's house. That's more than fun. That's real joy. And this guy, he wasted his father's substance. There arose a mighty famine. They began to be in want. He went and joined himself to a citizen in that country. He sent him to the fields to feed the swine. And he would have fain filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, and I want you to know, as your pastor, on my prayer list, I see these backslidden people that are out of church and away from God and these backslidden young people that know better. And my heart literally weeps before God on their behalf. Not bad, wicked people, but people that have made wrong decisions on the journey of life. And mothers and dads, I would beg you to pray for your children as we pray for our grown kids and our grandkids that they might find the joy of living for God a lifetime. And I pray, I prayed last night in prayer, oh dear God, for those boys and girls, those young people, those young adults, those middle-aged, whatever the age might be, that are away, please bring some prodigals in back home tomorrow, which is today. Bring them to the house of God. God, convict them tonight. Speak to their heart tonight. Extend that grace and that mercy to their heart. He came himself. And when someone comes to themselves and said, I've made a mess out of my life, drink and drugs and womanizing and men and running to this and that, and they come in that back door, may it never be felt like they're not welcome here. They are welcome here. This is home. Don't say to someone, well, the prodigals come home. Don't speak so foolishly. It's what we're praying for. It's what we're begging for. Some young boy, some young lady, somebody comes down this aisle and begins weeping and praying and said, oh, I've, been, I've not been right with God. I need to get right with God. Then let's rejoice and watch them get right with God. Don't you be the skeptic. Well, we'll see how long this lasts. That's not a good Christian right there. I'm more concerned that the person that's coming to church is a Christian like that than the prodigal walking down the aisle. He came to himself. He said, how many, my, how many hired servants my father has bread enough to spare and I perish with hunger? I'll rise to go to my father. I've sinned against heaven and before thee. I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and he came to his father. It was a great way off. His father fell, uh, uh, saw him and he had compassion, ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. Dads and mothers, do you understand? When your kids go wayward, you don't go running as well. Just stick. Prodigals don't go home to somewhere else. They always come home here. Give your kids an opportunity to get back to God and just stick. It may be, and I've seen it a few times in our church where 
a mother sitting, I think of one sitting right back here in the old building, she's with the Lord now, and her drunkard prodigal son came in during church and sat right next to her. It was an amazing day, I'll never forget, I was preaching on this story right here. And he began to weep, I saw this grown adult man weeping during the preaching, back row, very back row, the old building. They gave the invitation, and he came down that aisle, and I said, oh, sir, my name is Jack Trevor. Why are you coming? He goes, my name is, he gave me his name. I said, you know what? Are you, and he said, yes, I am. And he said, you are preaching to me this morning. I'm coming home today, back to God today. I rejoice with the decision, that boy that day, probably 30 years of age, I want you to know that God wants us to always come back home. Dad stayed there. It might be embarrassing to come to church and all they know from the internet, why don't you get off that dumb thing? They're so nosy about everybody else's business. Leave it alone. There's not a day of my life that goes by that someone doesn't say, you know what they did? No, I didn't know that. Maybe it's because I don't know how to do the internet. I'm having a good life to tell me all these things that are happening. Before your hands get on the keyboard, get your knees on the ground in front of you. There's not a day goes by. I'm thinking, what in the world's going on? The whole world's coming to an end. I'm not gonna live that way. Our kids are all serving God full time. You hear something negative about them, and I don't know if you do or not. Thank God, two are pastors, one's the principal of Christian school. All of our kids are in Sunday school, Sunday morning, 14 grandkids, 14th one coming in Sunday school, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Thank God for each and every one of them. Hey, don't, don't you say, well, you know what they're doing. Who cares what they're doing? keeping their marriages together, they're reading their Bibles every day, they're praying, they're having family devotions, they're keeping their marriages right before God. I say, well, brother so-and-so, their son doesn't dot the I and cross the T. Well, how about you keep care of your son and daughter first? His father saw him, he had compassion. I have sinned. I'm no worthy, no more worthy to be called thy son. He had such pride and such pollution, but he had a position that he said, Dad, I want to get right with you. When someone is going to get right with God, they also get right with man. Well, I'm loving God. Everything's right with me. Then why do you hate your neighbor and bothered with your neighbor? You know, in life, from Genesis to Revelation, from earth to glory, there's going to be some prodigals. There's going to be disappointments. Hall of Grace. Here's my story all the way from Genesis to Revelation, the last chapter, the last verse. He closes the Bible, said, I still have grace. Mercy there was great and grace was free. Here's a boy messed up his life. But God said, I have grace for you. As you get older in life, don't just magnify on the pressures and the problems, but look how that God came in your life at those moments and offered grace. He said, I'm going to favor, favor you, young couple. I'm going to favor you, 
your little family. I'm going to favor you, widow, widower. I'm going to favor you. By the way, the journey's almost over now. We're at Revelation 22, 21. I said to Brother Martinez this week, I said I love this song so much. I vaguely remembered the message, and I did. But I said, would you find out how it was written? I have no books. I've got thousands of songs, their history, how they were written. But I said, would you, would you find out? He said, you know who I'm going to call? And I called our friend, Brother Hobart Stevens. Brother Hobart worked for years at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Greenville, South Carolina for Dr. Harold Seitler. He then, for many years, played the organ, that old organ at Gospelite Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. His brother plays the organ there now, and he plays at Tabernacle. You know, Brother Hobart and his wife just celebrated 50 years of anniversary. He's my friend, his sweet wife. And he called Brother Hobart Stevens and said, what about this song? He said, oh, yeah, Tom Hayes. I know Tom Hayes wrote that. He said, Tom is an evangelist. He's back in the Blue Ridge Mountains of North Carolina. He said, I, I remember that night I was at Tabernacle Baptist, and it wasn't that long ago, 40 years ago, 1979. Brother Hobart said, I was there listening to, and I heard the message. I've not listened to a lot of messages, but I heard so many guys talking about the message that that night, uh, Dr. Harold Seitler preached at the tabernacle. As he preached, he was preaching on the grace of God. He took his text from 2 Samuel chapter 9. Brother Hobart sent this to us and, and told us the story. He said he was preaching on the grace of God. And, and he said, here, I read it for you. That night he was preaching 40 years ago he was a big man, a southern man, a, a southern gentleman, and a preacher, and a deep voice, and a raspy voice, and he preached at night, and he, the church always would amen, and they called it happy tabernacle, I guess, happernacle, because it was just a, a shouting church. I believe in a shouting church. I believe someone sings, you ought to shout. I believe someone preaches and it's the touch of God, and God's speaking, you ought to, and that night he was preaching, and he said, I, and I heard this part on the message years ago. I have living grace. I have witnessing grace. I have singing grace. I have testifying grace. I have tithing grace. I have grace upon grace. But there's one grace I don't have. It's called dying grace. I don't have dying grace because at this point in my life, I'm not experiencing dying. I'm experiencing living grace even as I speak. I'm living and breathing. And I do not need dying grace. But sometime, some point in my life down the road, that day will come when God shall give me dying grace. I remember when he died in 1995. When that day comes, God, and he's preaching this message, 
God will make himself so real to me. He'll give me grace to cross the river. My last day on earth will be my best day on earth. God will make himself so real to me and manifest his grace in my dying hour. He'll whisper sweet peace to my soul and say, you don't have to cross Jordan alone. Oh, I can hear him preaching it. He will be by my side. He has given me his promise in his word that he'll go with me all the way. You know, if I were a songwriter, he said that night in 1979, I would ask God to allow me to write the song about dying grace. I think I'd call it new grace. After the service, Brother Hobart went home, called Brother Tom Hayes, told him about the message. He said, Dr. Seitler preached this tonight. I wonder if you could write a song called New Grace. A few months later, a cassette came. On that cassette, on a Sunday night, they sang it for the first time. That song's been sung thousands of times and many times at funerals, mostly at funerals. It's been so, such a blessing. It's page 203. Would you take your song book, please? I know it's not customary to do this, but before the invitation, Brother Martinez, I've, I'll ask you, he doesn't know I'd do this, but I'm gonna ask you to sing, Brother Caleb, if you'll come, page 203. This, this song is built off the message that old preacher preached. One time, Dr. Seitler's old. He'd been preaching there for so many years. Good man, godly man. Fought so many battles for God. Dr. Seitler was having some difficulties in the church, people leaving and people upset and people this. And it seems like, I guess, the further you get in your journey at the same church, it magnifies itself. He's standing next to his big old Cadillac in those days and he put his arm on the window and he said, standing there, Bobby, talking to Bobby Robertson, they're both in heaven. I'm weary of all this bickering and fighting. I'm weary of all that stuff and problems in the church. I said, Brother Bobby, I believe I'll just go on anyway. Got the car, car went down shut the door, drove off. He served God. Brother Caleb, could you give us just the first stanza? Can you sing this, Brother Martinez? 40 years ago, Tom Hayes gave us this song. The preacher preached it. Would you listen as he sings? All of grace is my story all the way from earth to glory since by grace he lifted me from sin and woe living grace he has extended as on him my heart depended and he'll give new grace when it's my time to die Grace not yet this 
Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.